Hey, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Pastor Brian. Thank you for tuning in once again to the New Lexington Bible Church weekly devotional podcast. I know it's been a couple weeks uh, since I've been able to get our devotional posted here and published, and I apologize for that. I've just I've had a uh, a schedule change at my job, and then I've also been training. And uh, I haven't uh, been able to find uh, the quiet time that I need in order to do the recordings until now. So, uh, but let's get caught up. We'll be in Titus chapter 2. We'll begin Titus chapter 2 today. And I hope everyone's having a fantastic week so far. And uh, I appreciate everyone's prayers, those of you that's been praying for me and with my job situation and and I'm hoping that uh, the Lord will get all that worked out soon enough with the with the different schedule and everything. And uh, and you know, other than that, I'm just excited to have the Bible open today and uh, having the opportunity to share with you some thoughts here out of Titus chapter two. So let's have a word of prayer. Thank you again for tuning in. Know that I'm praying for all of you. And then we'll get right to our study this morning. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for getting us up today. Thank you for another opportunity to serve you lord and uh thank you that when uh, life gets busy and things come at us fast and and we're having difficult times with balancing things lord thank you for loving us thank you for taking care of us thank you for putting your hand in the middle of our circumstances and help helping to guide us through those things lord and um thank you for your wisdom and uh, lord most of all thank you for your word thank you for jesus thank you for salvation and the forgiveness of sins uh, God, I just pray that you will give me the words to teach for our devotional this week. And um, God, help us to meditate on, on your word, to apply, it, to apply its wisdom in our life, Lord, to store it in our heart, that we can live a life pleasing to you, um, devoted to bringing you glory in all that we say and do, Lord. Uh, bless our uh, morning devotional here, Lord. And uh, thank you once again uh, for the opportunity. Um, to do it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, looking here in Titus chapter 2. Go ahead and open up Titus chapter 2. I'll read, um, let's see, first 10 verses. Starting in verse 1, the scripture reads, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. 
Um, let's just start here back at verse 1. So remember, and I know it's been a couple weeks, but remember we have Paul and he's writing to Titus. Um, Titus being of Greek descent, um, but Paul referring to him as his son in the faith. And um, Titus has been given a big responsibility here. Um, he's going to be responsible for the ordination of pastors and uh, and deacons into the church. And so he was given all of the qualifying and eligibility criteria <clears throat> for those that he would be ordaining. And then he was also given warnings on those who may seek to come in through qualification and eligibility, but should not be ordained as a result to their agenda to instill corrupted doctrine, legalism, and other things into uh, into the churches that, which will defile and pull away people from Christ, okay? So on that, um, Titus has been given that comparison of, you know, those who are out for themselves, those who are abusing congregations, taking advantage of them, making profit off of their ministry, uh, teaching false doctrines, enforcing rituals and things that aren't necessary. And so then Titus is reminded, basically, but you, he's basically saying, he says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrines. So he's saying, no matter what everyone else is saying, it doesn't matter what everyone else's doctrine's becoming. It doesn't matter what everyone else is starting to push as the gospel. Even if what you, even if the true gospel of Jesus Christ is unpopular compared to the world's message of Christ, you are responsible, regardless of what's going on around you, you are responsible. For speaking sound doctrine. Just because everyone else is falling away from sound doctrine doesn't mean that you have an excuse to fall away from it. Um, and regardless of how much they come against you for maintaining your ground on um, true biblical interpretation, um, doesn't matter. Uh, you have to continue to stand for what's right yourself. And starting in verse 2 we see the fruits of sound doctrine being taught and preached in the church if you look at verse 2 that the aged men doesn't mean necessarily the old men um, as in our language we perceive age to um, only apply to uh, the number of years somebody has been alive okay this this word um, here would would that can certainly apply but it's more of the mature, spiritually mature men. Uh, that the spiritually mature men, the aged men, would be first of all sober. Amen? We need to be sober. Grave. Um, temperate. Sound in faith. In charity. In patience. So we need to be um, sober. We need to be grounded. 
We need to have self-control. We need to be sound in our faith. In other words, um, not easily shaken from our foundations. Not somebody tossed to and fro. And also not somebody that shows signs of folding under the pressure of life every time a crisis happens. Sound in faith. Also in charity. Somebody that loves others. Loves people. um, Loves their brothers. Loves their neighbors. Loves God. And also a patient person. Somebody that's willing to put up with a little bit. Um impatience to prove their spiritual maturity all these things will show their spiritual maturity now it says this the aged women likewise so the responsibility of the spiritually mature woman is to also be sober and to also be grounded and to also have self-control and to also be sound in faith and to be loving and you know sound in charity and to be patient um, so like, that's what it means when it says likewise. Then it goes further with her. It says that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Here's some things, two things that they're warned against. Not false accusers. Not given to much wine. Um, I think perhaps because, um, because God made women more emotional than men at least that's the way it's supposed to be by design okay um i think that um it's easier for a woman acting out of her emotional response to a situation to say a false accusation against another just maybe in the passion of her reaction to it because she is more emotional than the man. And I think that's why you see that warning to women um, more times in the Bible is I think um, the gossip and the false accusations I think is, is something that a woman is more spiritually at risk of falling into than a man. Um, but men certainly aren't exempted and can also be snared by that same issue Um, but I think that's why we see that come up so much it's just a reminder that when there's something going on um, women have a need to communicate those feelings and emotions and so they typically will find somebody to confide in um, to, to not hold on to those things they feel the need to get it off their chest and express it But in the process of doing so, they may then entertain ideas that come out in the form of false accusations against another to somebody who they were only really trying to vent to um, out of their emotional reaction to a situation. So something to look out for, but not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. Um, The women of the Christian faith are to be teachers of good things and serve a vital and very important role in their teaching um, which it touches on here in verse 4 that they may teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands and to love their children right so the, the number one thing that they are teaching in their daily interactions with others and in their interactions with others at church is they're setting an example for the young women now even an unmarried woman can 
teach and encourage a younger woman in the path of loving her husband and her children. Um, so a, an unmarried woman would not be exempted from from that role. Uh, but also, you know, that instruction's there. You need to teach one another. The women have to learn from women. Young girls need to learn from women, right? Because men and women are so much different. Um, and, and God designed us that way. You know, we live in a culture today where they want to take away the identifying and, and differing characteristics of the genders. And that's not God's way. He made man and he made woman and you take the characteristics of both and you put them in the one to make the husband and wife which is one body uh, just as the the church is one body and Christ is the head so it, it just you know it, the world's attack on gender um, but the young girls need to grow up with godly women uh, setting a good example to them on being sober and sober-minded as well to be loving to their husbands and their children um, because the, the woman is the glue. She's a foundational um, foundation to the household, to the family. And also, because of that, the woman is foundational to the church. To, the church is a family. The church is a household. Um, if there's a woman in her home who is not loving her husband and not loving her children or out of the way in her behavior and um, things are out of order in her mind, in her heart, and in her house, um, it, everyone suffers. So um, that's the same thing in church. It's the same thing um, uh, anywhere you go. So uh, the, the woman is a foundational component and the glue oftentimes that can hold a house together. Um, and so the role is incredibly important, the God-given role. So it's important that they grow up to learn to be loving to their husbands and children. Now listen to this in verse 5. To be discreet. Um, that's important. Going on about her business without bringing a lot of attention to what she does and what others are doing and things like that. Um, to be chass, right? To to, to keep herself for her husband, to keep herself for the Lord. Um, keepers at home. Um, so she keeps herself, she possesses her own body uh, for the intent of glorifying the Lord, but then also a keeper at home, keeping things in order at the house, um, to be good, to be obedient to their own husbands. Important things for the women to learn. Uh, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Because if any of these things are out of order, um, it's in violation to the word of God. Now we have uh, instruction to the young men, likewise. In order, and I like it, likewise. Let the young men pertain to all of these things is also important. And they need to be um, exhort or encouraged to be sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. We need to be out doing the good works. We need to be doing the soul winning and out in the community and loving people and meeting needs and encouraging people and sharing the gospel and um, these th and having that pattern of good works, doing good things 
in the name of Christ, to bring glory to Christ, that other people would come to know Christ in their lives. And it says this, in doctrine showing uncorruptness. In other words, uh, this is how that's shown. A man who can stand on his biblical convictions and on the fundamentals of the Christian faith, and regardless of what new trend, new teaching becomes popularized by the world, isn't persuaded by it one bit, stands his ground and stands strong for what he knows is biblically correct. All right, uncorruptness. In other words, I don't care how many people, I'll give you an example, I don't care how many people start to push Calvinism, I'm not doing it. So I won't be corrupted in that regard. I don't care how many people promote the idea of modern day sign gifts, I'm not teaching that because I believe that it was to authenticate the ministry of the apostles. I won't be corrupted into that. Uh, I don't care how many people get on the name it, claim it, speak it into existence movement. I don't believe that. I, I pray in the name of Jesus to God the Father that whatever His will may be in any given situation, that's what will happen. Um, and uh, I believe that faith can bring about a lot of amazing things. Um, but we don't always understand, even though we have faith, what the will of God is in any given situation. So, uh, uncorruptness, uh, just not being able to be persuaded by false movements and doctrines into things that aren't true or um, are confusing and things like that. God is no author of confusion, right? So, no corruptness. Um, gravity, you know, again, being grounded, being settled, being established being stable, sincerity, which is a good one, not being fake, but truly being genuine in their interactions with others, sound speech, that we speak well, um, that cannot be condemned, right, uh, Lord help us with that, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you, in other words, if you're living right with the Lord, when somebody decides to be contrary to you and want to come against you, they will be ashamed of themselves because they cannot find uh, any legitimate way uh, to disprove this person's legitimacy because their testimony and their behavior uh, speaks of a good profession of their faith in Jesus Christ. And so no matter how much they want to tarnish that person, or how much they want to try to find something against that person, um, they can't. And so they have no evil thing to say of them. Amen? Um, even though they try. Verse 9, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Um, boy, this is a problem today. Amen? Uh, isn't it good when people do what they're told the first time and not have to be told over and over and over again um, we need to teach our children that because uh, we're living in a society today where children think they they run the house and they don't have to listen to authority or parents or anything else and they have to be told over and over and over again uh, and that's not right and we need to break our children of that um, and I know that that has become very common these days with pretty much everyone's kids, even those who have uh, very responsible uh, parents that want to raise them right. So, uh, but we're but we need to be like that in our own lives um, to do what's right the first time. Even putting the initiative in 
if we know there's something to do it'd be good if we could do it without even having to be asked amen um so that's one not purloining right um not wasting time not uh not uh trying to um get out of um important responsibilities uh, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things uh, the, these decisions that we make in our lifestyle they show our sincerity in wanting to take the doctrine of God the doctrines of Christ and apply them in our lives um we need that. We need to show others um, the importance of how we live, right? The way we choose to live is a reflection on how serious we take the teachings of Christ. And so let our daily decisions and our lifestyle um, and the things that we do show that we are sincere in being obedient to Jesus because we call Him Savior because we've put our faith and trust in the works that He did for us in forgiving our sins and giving us um, the wonderful eternal inheritance. And in the meantime, we have the responsibility of using our local churches to get the gospel out into a lost world and community. Um, So let us take this seriously that we'll set a good example for our Lord. Let us focus on this this week um, and pray for the Lord's help in any area that we've identified that we may be lacking. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, once again. Um, A great devotional, a great reminder what our responsibilities are, what you expect of us, Lord. And, And I know myself and probably everyone that will listen in um, to our devotional will have the ability to identify at least one thing, if not more, where we're falling short, uh, and we need your help. So as we identify those things, Lord, let us bring those to you um, in sincerity and say, God, help us to display the proper character of somebody mature in the faith so that we can have so that we can be more impactful for your kingdom by not only sharing the gospel with others, but by setting the example that allows them to see for themselves the difference that a relationship with Jesus can make in their lives. So help us to do that, Lord. Bless all those around us. Use us to be lights and instruments of your grace to bring others in the world into a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you once again, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for tuning in once again, and I'll see you next time on the New Lexington Bible Church Weekly Devotional Podcast.